Sunday morning with Dan Brown, WPG Talk Radio 95.5, and the WPG Talk Radio app. Welcome to Sunday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Welcome this fine Sunday morning. And as always, we truly appreciate you taking the time to tune in and listen to our program. Week after week, we try to provide you with scriptural references and encouragements in the same way that you have sent me such encouraging letters and emails. I truly appreciate that. Sunday morning is here to be a start to something, not the end all of a particular subject or scripture or parable that we discuss on this Sunday morning, but it is the your appetizer. It is something set in motion, a thought process, enriching you to and hopefully leading you and helping you along the way to continue that thought process, to study more. If anything, if you disagree with me, at least go and see where I'm wrong. If I am in fact saying something or off track in some way, please feel free to send me by email at sundaymorningdanbrown at yahoo.com your opinions. For those of you that have been reaching out for over eight years now, I just want to thank you. I want to encourage people like Peter who find themselves in this deep depression of loneliness and Peter, you know that my many there's many Peters and there's many Kathys and Bobs and Bills and Marthas and Kays that reach out regularly to share their thoughts and feelings of what is happening around them and feeling in such deep depression. Um, I can understand that, honestly. Some are personal issues between family members and others trying to cope within the world as they see things. And in the world we live in today, it's very difficult, especially in consideration, um, this depression, this fatalist kind of feeling that is coming upon so many of our people and our youth. Suicide rates are, are off the charts uh, amongst men, women, children. I mean, it's horrendous. But when you look at the state of the world that people are seeing, the news media, what is being portrayed with the rumors of wars, and then within our own country. In our own country, those in charge are embroiled in endless, endless controversy, endless bad behavior. And again, put the uh, put the wars in there. Uh, now we get to see the bad behavior even more because we're in election time, coming on to some of the most important lectures, I would say, in the history of this country. Now, many people who look at this country, I would say it also will affect the history of the world. And when I'm talking about world leaders and politicians, I'm not talking exclusive to our country. This be bad behavior the self-righteousness, um, listen, costs are rising everywhere. Housing is unaffordable to people who are working min minimum wage jobs. It's, it's horrendous. So I understand this behavior. I understand the feeling that is coming in, but there is an answer. But as they sit and, and, and you guys sit and look at this, um, we really have to think what can be shared 
uh, that can encourage when they're surrounded by anything but hopelessness. And when hope is lost, our values sink. Depravity takes hold. I mean, it's just, it's an endless cycle. And we keep looking to our leaders who were supposed to be the examples of what is right and good as they portray themselves. And what do we actually see? Whether it's local, whether it's state, whether it's national, whether it's worldwide. And I think we have to understand, as we see politicians, world leaders, enriching themselves as we see every leaders of the country, what is happening? We look at the majority of the people of humanity and they're being left destitute. I'm painting a bleak picture, but what I'm saying is the actual truth. It's not a popular thing to say by any means, but there is hope. And that's my encouragement. Change starts one person at a time by sharing the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that sharing of that gospel leads to an intimate, active relationship with the God of all creation. That's our goal. That's our goal here at Sunday morning with Dan Brown. There are endless books on about interpreting the Bible. I will tell you there is no way that people can interpret the Bible without God's Holy Spirit. It is written in a form and a fashion so that for those who are a pure of heart, the Holy Spirit will help you understand and provide wisdom. Remember what Jesus said, I go and I'm sending you the comforter who will teach you all things. For us to believe that we can buy a bunch of books and all of a sudden interpret the secrets of the Bible, I will tell you you're headed down a dark path. It's not the case. And I'm always going to tell you the truth. There's no such thing as interpreting in the Bible. Unless you're talking about doing between languages, that's something different. But understanding the men who were inspired by the Holy Spirit to put these words down for our what? Education. For our wisdom of how we are to conduct ourselves through life. And the main thing we are always pointed at, the most important thing is trusting in God and supplanting our will, putting God's will in place of our own. That is the most important. But what stands in our way? Peter, I ask you, we, we have dialogued so many times back and forth by email uh, about the situation, the family situation, and these different things. But you, you can't move past that, Peter. And when I was talking to Peter, all of you who experience, you know that we're all talking about the same thing. But forgiveness is what has to happen. Yes, we have been pressed upon in my life. There, my young life was raised in abuse. It was horrible. But I had to forgive to move on. Or I could have just kept myself. That depression could have kept me just going back and forth and always saying, why, 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 why? When we ask for the answer of why and we get it, we cannot reject it. And God tells us that these things and trials and tribulations that take place in our life, they're for edification and education. We will learn from those hardships. 
What happens to us, though, is we become prideful. I'm not ever going to forgive that person. We become very prideful. And let me tell you, pride itself in us, it demands a tribute. It demands we pay a tribute. It demands we sacrifice something daily. What is it? What is it that we sacrifice when we are so prideful that we cannot forgive? And the other person may never know that we forgive them. But we must forgive them. We must. Ego robs us of our humility. And pride lifts the ego. Pride strokes the ego saying, you're always right. This is so unfair to you. And you may be right. It may have very well been unfair to you. I can certainly tell you as a toddler and a child, the things that I experienced were not brought on by anything that I did. It was brought on by somebody who was steeped in darkness, steeped in something that I, to this day, probably can't understand other than just darkness of sin. But yet I had to forgive to move on in life. And when we're all saying we're alone, God says we are not alone. Seek him and his justice and wisdom, and God will provide you with hope. He will provide you with compassion. And most of all, he will provide you with an unending love. It's the true love that is healing. So through Christ's sacrifice, we're healed. And God for God, we go back to that scripture that's been said a million, millions of times, probably the most often quoted scripture in the Bible, John 3, 16, that God so, forced, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For God so loved the world. Yes, God loves his son endlessly, but we are in that love as well. So you need to seek God. Ask and when that answer comes, and when those thoughts come that I should forgive, that is the point where we make a choice to remain and wallow in pride and pity, or we can make a choice to forgive and heal and move on. And that's, my friends, is what I want to suggest to you. Forgive, forgive. And there's many of you that need clinical therapist, has someone to talk to. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. But God is the most important part of that equation. And I will tell you, if you meet with a therapist who tells you God has no value in your life, that's not someone who I would suggest to continue with. But that's a personal opinion of one I'm, you know, I think it's important for us to understand those things. So I want to encourage you, forgive, forgive, forgive. And when you forgive, you will be healed. So the next time you send me an email and say, this was done to me by them, this was this, this was this, and they cut me off and they did these things, remember, you're not forgiving or it would not be so hurtful to you every time it's a thought again. You're listening to Sunday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And we'll be right back after these few short messages. Please stay tuned. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 
Fox Facts. Ulysses S. Grant, alongside Franklin D. Roosevelt, John F. Kennedy, and George W. Bush, is among the few U.S. presidents to incorporate a middle initial in their formal names. But Grant's S was an unintentional addition. He was originally named Hiram Ulysses Grant and went by his middle name. When he applied to the U.S. Military Academy at West Point, his congressman is said to have mistakenly written Ulysses S. Grant on the appointment papers. Despite Grant's attempts to rectify the error, West Point kept the S on his records and diploma. This prompted the future 18th U.S. president to embrace it in his signature. And President Harry S. Truman's middle initial has an unconventional origin as well. His parents gave it to him to honor his grandfathers with S names. But the letter itself doesn't represent anything specific for our nation's 33rd president. Matt Murphy, Fox News. Trust Jenkins. WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. Welcome back to Sunday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Again, new time, new day, 7 a.m. How do you like that? An hour earlier you can listen to me. Again, thank you all for tuning in this morning. And if you have any questions about today's program or a program from the past or maybe something that you'd like to hear me talk about in the future, please contact me at Sunday morning, Dan Brown at Yahoo.com. And if you would like a free Bible, again, please contact me with just your name and your address. There is no obligation. Contact me at Sunday morning, Dan Brown at Yahoo.com, and I will mail you that free Bible. Again, I truly appreciate all your questions, your comments, your encouragements. Please don't stop sending me those emails about how you feel. Um, I'll talk about it, and I'll share with you how I got through all the things that I've experienced in life, how God has led the path that he has led me. Uh, everybody's path is not the same. Our trials, our tribulations, although they have many, can have many different similarities, they all relate to one thing, and they all start in one thing, and that's sin. And sin is the name of so many other kinds of things. It is really something. And, um, but the bottom line is sin is what brings all of these things on. And who has overcome sin on our behalf? who has sacrificed a perfect life in place of us who so deservedly uh, uh, really should have experienced the punishment. But Christ did that on our behalf, once and for all, one time, one and done. A perfect individual had sinned in the beginning in creation, and a perfect man again sacrificed his life so that we could be reunited with the God of all creation. So any questions you have relating those kinds of things, remember, I know I share this a lot, but the program is really about wetting your appetite. In one hour or in the actual 45 minutes in between commercials that I can communicate with you, it's uh, kind of tough to wrap up some of our subjects. But what I can do is at least provide thoughts of something that can lead you to continue to study. And that's what I want to connect you to. I want you to connect to a great Bible-believing assembly. Because when you're gathered together, you are the church. 
You are the church. And so often we are lost in the fact of this analogy where all of a sudden people believe that somehow the church is the building. The building, the sheetrock, the concrete, the foundation, the electrical plumbing, roof shingles, studs. That's not the church. The church is you. And when you assemble together and praise and worship the God of all creation, you are acting in a body of faith and continuing what Jesus has asked us to do. Also know that the Bible has said there's many false prophets that go out among us, and they will be saying and portraying themselves. Even the father of lies portrays himself as an angel of light. So there's a cautious walk here. The Bible also says, test every spirit to see if it is of God. Is it in line with God's principles? Is it in line with love? Is there love? I myself as a young man was lost in something that seemed to be the right thing. But it was about knowledge and about knowing. And knowing and knowledge can only take you so far. The Bible says even the devil, you know, even the demons believe and tremble. They know. They know for certain that Christ died on the cross and was resurrected after three days and raised from the dead and sits at the right hand of the Father. They know this for a fact, yet they choose to turn away, to stay in darkness. They choose whatever it is that's been offered to them, some way of existence in resisting what is truly just and right and loving and compassionate and graceful. They choose to revel in murder and lies. What does it call the devil? The father of lies. They choose to revel. That's where, that's where it comes in for us, even in our cautious walk, in our relationships that we have with each other and with our spouses. Love is wonderful. And God has provided us with a physical relation to enhance or what we believe, at least in this fleshly body, enhance that love. But lust comes in and turns love into something else when we let it go unbridled. Lust is never satisfied. Never. Love is always satisfied. Love is content. And love is expressing unselfishness unselfishness towards someone else. And I will tell you, lust runs this world. The hidden things, the things that go on that we see and we hear, I understand why people, I see clients every day who come to the Atlantic City Rescue Mission, of which I am the CEO. Each day I see clients come in, and the world as it's declining I see people more in depression, more in hopelessness. And so the most and best thing that we can share with someone who comes to the rescue mission is hope, a hope of eternal life, of love and grace, 
But while we are still standing here living and breathing, hope can be experienced. Grace can be experienced. Love and compassion can be given. We have lots of social service agencies that are attempting to do all kinds of things. But the majority of what it is, it is about what is it, the outward man, the physical needs they attempt to do. While those spiritual needs inside, which need to really make the man whole, are neglected. And the beliefs that we have as people of faith are pushed and shunned by so many all the way up the chain, as though it has no value. But I will tell you, it has all the value. I have seen miracle after miracle. And I don't mean miracles necessarily of healing of things, although I've been witness to those and they're wonderful. But the miracle of a life changed that was hopeless. A life changed that was destitute. An individual, man, woman, or child, who was made to feel by the conditions we live in and are surrounded by, to feel hopeless. I want you, and my prayer for all of us is that we are agents of change. That's a kind of worldly term, which leads me to the term from the scriptures is we're all supposed to become fountains of living water. Mm. because those fountains of living water that we can become can refresh those around us. It says you will know them. You will know the righteous by the fruit they bear. And if it's a good and pleasing fruit that they share, which is nourishing to others, those are who you hold on to. If it is a bitter apple of sin... If it is a rotten fruit with nothing within, it looks great on the outside. But when you take a bite, it is filled with emptiness and hollowness run away. That's what I want to encourage you. And one of the ways that we can do this ourselves, as I said in the first segment of today's program, forgiveness. We must forgive because when we don't, pride takes over, ego takes over, and we somehow believe that we are better than everyone else for no good reason. You are valuable. Don't let me, don't let me think that you are not valuable. And that's the other thing that we encourage people as they come through the door here to the Atlantic City Rescue Mission. Yes, as I said, we take care of the outer man. We feed, we clothe, we, we shelter, we love, and we encourage. We provide hope and grace. How do we provide that grace? By sharing our story of how God has given a sinner like me grace. And that's what I hope for you as well. In the next segment of today, as we begin to wrap up our second segment here, we're going to talk about things that we can do. Many activists, again, that's the kind of a, a, a word that's thrown around all the time. Activism is not a bad thing. You know, I was a protester at a young age, but the signs that I protested with were signs with scriptures on them. And still that got me in trouble. Still, because those scriptures sometimes can point 
sin back to people when they read them. They don't want to acknowledge that they're living inappropriately or a life that should be shared, that we should be helping others. Think of how the world would be if just one of us helped one other person. Just one-on-one, we all did that. The world would be different. So, so different. But in the third segment coming up, we're going to talk about the Good Samaritan. There's a lot to that little parable that we forget about. But it can be enlightening and encouraging to you and I when we say, well, how can I make a difference? And I believe you can. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter your background, your education. Oh, no. All that matters is that you want to share love, compassion, and grace. You're listening to Sunday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And we'll be right back after this. People all over the Jersey Shore have found the easiest way to stay connected to South Jersey's talk station. It's the WPG Talk Radio app. Read free, unlimited South Jersey news. Listen to your favorite talk shows. Send us breaking news tips and more. The WPG Talk Radio app is powered by Smokers Haven. You'll find the finest selection of cigars at any of their five locations. Stop in and let them help you find the perfect cigar to pair with your life. SmokersHavenNJ.com Global outrage at the suspicious sudden death of 47-year-old Alexei Navalny, the Russian opposition leader. His family now trying to recover his body. Fox's Stephanie Bennett. Navalny's spokeswoman said on X that his mother and lawyer visited a morgue in Salakard where the colony assured them that his body was being kept. But she says the morgue was closed when they arrived and concluded that his body was not there. President Biden blames Vladimir Putin for his death. Sweden is a step closer to joining NATO. Hungary's prime minister pledging Saturday that his country's parliament will vote to ratify Sweden's application to join the military alliance. And that could happen by the end of the month. Hungary is the only NATO country that still needs to approve the accession. Sweden applied for membership in 2022, along with Finland, after Russia invaded Ukraine. Fox's Lauren Green. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. For today, breezy and not as cold with plenty of sunshine. The start of an extended stretch of dry weather, high 45. For tonight, clear skies with a low of 25. Tomorrow, plenty of sunshine with a high of 46. Tomorrow night, clear with a low of 21. On Tuesday, sunny to partly cloudy skies with a high of 47. I'm AccuWeather's Caitlin Lawrence on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Sunday morning with dan brown wpg talk radio 95.5 and welcome back to sunday morning with dan brown here on wpg talk radio 95.5 welcome this fine sunday morning into our third session or second of today a segment you can call it a session you can call it a segment um, you can also listen to these podcasts. Uh, it's wonderful. The WPG app, and you can look it up and go to the podcast section. And in a week or so, all of the, you know, as every program airs, it's available for you to listen to 24 7. Uh, yep, download the WPG Talk Radio app, and you can have access to all of these wonderful podcasts 
Many, many years of information there that I hope is encouraging and enlightening to you. It has been the guiding force within my life, and I am so appreciative to God for directing me and shaking me uh, as he has throughout my life. Um, we all push back, and we all try to grab the wheel again and start steering in a direction that's not always appropriate for us. But in humility, if we can bow before our creator and acquiesce to God's will, we will find that our lives will be different than anything that we ever expected. God knows what we need. He formed us. He thought about every bit of his design in us. So he knows what is absolutely best for us. And we've continued for years and years and years and ages to try to fill this spot that God created in us from the very beginning to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And we have tried everything else to place it in there in hoping somehow that it was going to elevate us to some form of happiness and joy. We've tried everything endlessly. But there's only one thing, one person that can fill and fill us up into overflowing so that when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are able to become a blessing to others in helping them see in us what God has done for us, the changes that he's made in us. And so people can see the encouragement in our stories that we all come from different places, but the path that we're going is to a singular point. That's right. All heading in a singular direction to honor and worship the God of all creation. And that is my hope for you. Again, if you have any questions about today's program or a program from the past, or maybe something you'd like to hear discussed in the future, please, again, contact me at Sunday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. If you'd like a free Bible, please send me your name and your address. I promise I won't use your information for anything other than to mail you that Bible. Again, that email is Sunday morning, Dan Brown at yahoo.com. Let's continue with today's program. I mentioned in the previous segment that we're going to talk about the Good Samaritan because we all, the question is once we begin to have enlightenment, what do we do with it? The Bible says, don't take that flame, that candle that you've been given, that light that you've, uh, God has allowed you to possess. Don't cover it under a bushel. Don't turn a bowl over it. Don't put it under the bed. Don't dampen your light. Hold your light up high. Because the higher you hold the light, the more darkness will flee from you. That is very important to understand that. But we're going to talk about the Good Samaritan and we're going to talk and see why. Why is the Good Samaritan such an important parable uh, within knowing what we should be doing? It's very simplistic in what we're directed to do, right? We talked about forgiveness earlier. So many of us are lost and cannot move forward. We are paralyzed at a place in our life because of things that have happened to us. And other people have done them. But until we let them go in forgiveness and in humility, pride and ego will drive us always to the wall of despair. That's not the place we want to be. 
Now, the parable of, of, of uh, the Good Samaritan is in the Gospel of Luke. It is in the 10th chapter. I'll start with verse 29. It kind of runs in from what the greatest commandment is. Um, in verses 25, there was a scholar of the law who stood up and said to Jesus, Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, what's written in the law? He, Jesus just reflected something back that they've always had. They've always held this group of, of religious leaders of the day, said they always honored it. They always obeyed it. But yet they missed so much of it because the law was pointing to this Messiah who was standing in front of them. And they were trying to trap and trip him up. And Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? And how do you read it? The scholar said back to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he replied to him. Jesus said back to this scholar who was hoping that he could trip Jesus up, you have answered correctly, Jesus said to him. Do this. What you've just said, what you just say, you have memorized, you've been doing it in prayers all your life. He replied to him, you have answered correctly, do this and you will live. Oh, that's heavy. But because he wished to justify himself, this scholar who supposedly honors God daily, but you remember what? Jesus said back then, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Old Testament quote, by the way. He, re he, he, he wanted to be slick. <laughs> he really did. And so in trying to justify himself, he said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And so Jesus went on to say, a man fell victim to robbers as he went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He was traveling. He fell victim to robbers. They stripped him and beat him and went off, leaving him half dead. And a priest happened to be going by the road and he saw him. But what did he do? He passed by on the other side. He made a judgment. He saw somebody didn't look appropriate to him. He judged the individual. Likewise, a Levite came to the place, and when he saw him, he passed by on the opposite side. Another person in a particular part of religious order at that time also did the very same thing. But a Samaritan traveler, who Samaritans were not well liked at that time, the Samaritan traveler who came upon him was moved with compassion. Moved with compassion at the sight of the beaten man. He approached the victim and poured oil and wine over his wounds. He bandaged them. He lifted him up, put him on his own animal, and took him to an inn and cared for him. And the next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper with the instructions. Take care of him. If you spend more than what I've given you, I shall repay you on my way back. And Jesus said, which of these three, in your opinion, was the neighbor 
the neighbor to the robber's victim. We're talking about one of the Ten, ten Commandments. Love your neighbor. Love God and love your neighbor. And he answered, the one who treated him with mercy. And Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Now that's my call to all of us who are listening today. To do what the good Samaritan did. He didn't presuppose to be some important person. You know, I'm this and I'm that. He humbled himself with mercy and compassion and helped someone in need without judging. That's what we do. You want to honor God? Love your neighbor as yourself? The answer there is, who is my neighbor? The neighbor is anyone in need. You don't have to know him. You don't have to judge him. You don't have to know his story of how he became in the condition. You only have to give compassion and grace and love. That's what we do. That's what removes pride and ego, that we would humble ourselves to be a servant to another. Because the God of all creation who participated in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, sacrificed as a servant on our behalf. He healed us. He humbled himself and took on the form of a servant. So that is the example of what you and I should do and be. Humble ourselves as servants. Love your neighbor without judging, without passing judgment. It's what we do with the Atlantic City Rescue Mission. This is an example here. You can picture the rescue mission as the inn where the injured man was taken and then continued to be cared for. So those of you that cannot continue to care for an individual on your own or don't have the ability to do it, help them get here and help us by supporting that work. I hope you understand the analogy that I'm sharing with you because it's important. It's important in these times to understand where to put the hard-earned dollars that you have. Where are you doing the most that honors God? Pray on that for me, please. And when you have an opportunity to go to acrescuemission.org and look at the things that the Atlantic City Rescue Mission does, if there is any description of a good Samaritan, it is there held within those pages in our website. Look at what we do. Look at what we share. Most importantly, look how we get there. We are no burden to taxpayers. All of our funding, 99.99%, is raised through donations. Please give with a cheerful heart. You're listening to Sunday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We'll be right back. After this. Sunday morning with Dan Brown, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. This off. South Jersey's talk station, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And welcome back to Sunday morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. 
Wow, the fourth segment of this particular Sunday. What a beautiful Sunday it's turning out to be. I really appreciate you guys. Um, and I do still, I, I just can't encourage you enough to send in your questions and your comments by email. And if you'd like to do that or get a free Bible, um, when you send me your email, include your name and address. I won't use it for anything other than to provide you with that free Bible. You can contact me by email at sundaymorningdanbrown at yahoo.com. That's sundaymorningdanbrown at yahoo.com. In the first segment, I did mention and talk about, uh, you know, I get a lot of mail and we're facing a lot of issues all across the board. And for me, as I shared with you in that first segment, the, the first part of that, what seems so glaring to me in our in what you're sending me, the feelings that you're telling me, um, is so much to do with forgiveness. And I hope that I was able to uh, uh, help you understand that a little better. My prayer is obviously for the Holy Spirit to be uh, uh, you to be imbued with it, and for for Him to be in your soul, to for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because when you do, and and that is the path that you take uh, in you know, growing that intimate relationship with the God of all creation, um, there's a dialogue back and forth daily, moment by moment, second by second. Your life is being renewed. Your life is being protected. Your life is being guided when you do God's will instead of our own. And so I just want to keep encouraging you in that way, um, to pray, pray to God and ask him for wisdom and strength and for his will to be done in your life. That's my prayer for you all the time. It's my prayer for my family members, my friends, for all that I do at the rescue mission and those associated with us and all of the supporters. There's tens of thousands of supporters who support the rescue mission. Been a tough year this, uh, going uh, from 23 into 24. It's been faced with many, many, many challenges. Um, financial challenges, you know, with elections and wars, people are holding more onto their funds and, uh, and, and reluctant to, to give to charities that they may have supported in the past. But I want to encourage you, now is not the time to, to hold on to those things. Now is the time to give those things away, as Jesus said to that young man. What did he say to that young man? That young man came up to Christ and he said, what do I got to do? You know, I want to follow you. I want to get into the kingdom of heaven. And, and Jesus said, um, well, the young man reiterated first that he'd done everything. He'd followed all the Ten Commandments and he did everything. And Jesus said, hmm, okay. Then give everything that you have away to the poor and come follow me. And at that, the young man hung his head and walked away because there was something that he valued more than his neighbor. Remember, love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and your neighbor as yourself. And that's the call that I'm making today. I'm, I'm reaching out to you to ask you, please support your neighbor. By helping the Atlantic City Rescue Mission and helping us continue the work. And by the way, 2024, the mission will have been doing this work in the southern New Jersey communities for 60 years. 60 years. No burden to any taxpayers. If, if you ever hear that said, that's, that's not real information. <laughs> but doing that work 
doing that work year after year, day after day, never close? Nope, we don't close. We make thousands and thousands of meals. The number since the, we opened the larger building in 1990 is over three and a half million meals. It's incredible. Nights of shelter are hundreds of thousands of nights of shelter that we provided to men, women, children, and families. We continue to do that, and we will continue to do that. We work endlessly to improve the facilities. Our, our new facility, as we call it, um, is more than 30 years old, and it has been used appropriately and worn appropriately by giving and helping. So as the Good Samaritan came and realized that he was going to be able to do other things and not continue to help and take care of him, he took that individual to a place where he knew he could get care. And the Good Samaritan took his funds and provided it to that place of care and said, you know what else? With what I'm giving you now, should you run out, I'm going to come back and provide you with more funds. And that's how the Atlantic City Rescue Mission has functioned for 60 years. And my goal, along with the Board of Trustees and along with the staff, is to continue minimally for another 60 years. My prayer would be, my best day in life would be, when the mission isn't needed anymore, when we truly love our neighbor, when we truly care for one another, and we don't value things more than people. Hmm. How do you like that? Don't value things more than people. God loves us. We are priceless to him. So much so, as I share, that he gave his only begotten son. But my hope is that you understand the parable and the analogy that I'm sharing you with. You had very wealthy people questioning Jesus, lawyers and scholars who were questioning him on what you do to get to eternal life. What do you do to find favor with God? You know, they supposedly had known all these things, but they were just seeing if they could trip Jesus up. And his answer was, what does the scripture say? What does the Ten Commandments say? And then in trying to do a comeback, when Jesus said, you are rightly so in saying, love God with all your heart, your mind, and your soul, and love your neighbor, he said, you're rightly so. And so they were trying to justify themselves again to try to see if they could trip him up by saying, well, who is the neighbor? And he shared the parable of the Good Samaritan. Our neighbors, brothers and sisters, are all around us. Our neighbors are everywhere. They're anyone that has a need, anyone that has a care. And in doing good for someone, regardless of what happens on the other end of that gift, should it not be the way and used the way you imagined something would be, it doesn't negate the fact that you acted in righteousness, that you acted in compassion, that you acted in grace and love. And that, if anything, from our program today is what I want to encourage you to do. 
I hope that you get the time to, to look up uh, the rescue mission on its website, acrescuemission.org, and see the programs that we provide and see the things that we do. But we do need your help. I would be remiss in telling you that we don't need your help because we do. And that's why Jesus shared that parable, because places like here, places like the Atlantic City Rescue Mission are bastions of hope and encouragement, places of compassion and love. The outer man is taken care of as well. Physical man is taken care of, but also the inner man, because change is not by changing a clothes. Change, real change, is not by changing your diet. Real change stems from within your soul and your heart. And that's exactly our priority here at the Atlantic City Rescue Mission. So please go on to acrescuemission.org and help us continue doing the work that we have done for more than 60 years. I hope that you've enjoyed today's program. I hope that the encouragement of, of looking a little closer at the parable of the Good Samaritan has been an encouragement to you. It is by reaching out to others in forgiveness and compassion that we become better. It's what God seeks on our behalf. It's what he had done for us by example. He's really not asking us to do anything he hasn't already done himself. He's shown us the way. He's given us the words. And as he was resurrected and transfigured, he let his people know that he was sending someone who would teach us all things. A comforter who would provide us with wisdom. And that's what we need to seek. If you are broken and you're hurt, if you're feeling desperate, if you're having suicidal thoughts, please call the suicide hotline. Please do that. Don't wait. Don't stop praying. Ask God for healing. Ask him for wisdom in your situation. And God will provide you with an opportunity to make a choice. And my prayer for you today, brothers and sisters, is that choice is to start that dialogue with the God of all creation because he is alive and well. And he seeks you, wants to share with you, and loves you. Thank you for listening to Sunday Morning with Dan Brown here on WPG Talk Radio. 95.5. God bless you all.